Hello and welcome to mini episode 184 of Real Life Ghost Stories and I have one spooky story for you today and our story comes from May the 4th 2022 and our story comes from Vanessa. I guess I'll start with the fact that my family, particularly the women on my mom's side, seems to have a bit of a gift. My nana always seems to insist that we have one without actually saying it. My mom has premonition nightmares of loved ones passing. We all have a heightened sense of foreboding when something bad is going to happen within the following weeks. My mom has seen shadow people. Some poor souls trapped forever working a fast food job at our local McDonald's for all eternity. My youngest brother has seen the hat man in our old house. But maybe it's the desert we live in in Southern California. Growing up we took car trips and I would see blue lights hovering and seemingly wandering around the desert lost. Our local high school theatre has its stereotypical ghost of a teenage boy who was shot in a performance who you can see running in the rafters. He also likes to push people down the stairs. Ours is named Milo. My husband-to-be almost ran into a ghost boy that ran across an intersection at one in the morning driving back to his parents' house from my house. Luckily, there was another car present to confirm what he had seen. I, myself, was a child worthy of being kicked down the stairs. I used to see and interact with ghosts. My mom and dad had just moved us into their first home together after he returned from boot camp. My dad had gotten a job at a local hotel as a night janitor, so my mom was left alone in the house with me. She had put me to bed and once I was asleep, nothing on this planet could wake me. So when my mom heard me begin to cry, she rushed to check on me only to find me soundly asleep in my crib. She quickly noted that the crying was still continuing in the direction of her bedroom. She hesitantly creeped towards her bedroom door that had been left open a crack. Really not wanting to find out what the crying was but worrying for my well-being, she looked into the room to see a woman sitting on her bed. The woman faced away from her. She was sobbing uncontrollably into her hands. She wore a blue dress and had long black hair. Every fibre in my mom's being told her not to be caught by this woman, so she quickly and quietly crept away from the door. The crying stopped shortly before my dad got home from work that night. Unbeknownst to her, he had an experience of his own that night where he saw a girl in the tube of one of the rooms he was renovating at the hotel. Shortly after this event, I'm not sure how much longer, my mom found me talking to nothing. She asked who I was talking to and in my best impression of the girl from the poltergeist, I turned to her and said, Mommy, they don't want us here. Needless to say, we went to my nana's and never went back. The next major event that happened to me was about six or seven years later. The next major event that happened to me was about six or seven years later. We had moved away from our small town to Palm Springs because my dad passed away and my mom understandably couldn't handle the memories. She had had one of her premonition nightmares about him passing the night before it happened. After a while the rent in Palm Springs got too high and we moved back to our small town in the desert. I was about eight or nine at that point and I would stay up super late pretending to be asleep on my side as I curled around a book or my Game Boy advanced, trying to read or play in the dark. One night I heard footsteps coming down the hall so I quickly flipped over to face the door and pretended to be asleep. 
I heard the footsteps stop outside the open bedroom door. We usually had the hall light on because I was afraid of the dark and my brother, who I shared a room with, had night terrors occasionally. Usually, if it were my mom or my stepdad, they would leave after poking their head in, but the footsteps never walked away to signal I could turn back over and continue whatever it was that I was doing. So I peeked my eyes open just slightly. What I saw standing in that door still haunts me to this day. Standing much taller than my bedroom door was this pitch-black, furry-looking creature. Its legs were much longer than its torso and its arms dangled at its side, just as long as its legs. Its feet and hands were huge and the fingers on its hands were very claw-like. Whatever it was, it must have felt me notice because it brought an arm up to hold the door frame so it could lean down to look into the room at me. Its eyes were the same pitch black colour as its body. The only reason I could tell it had eyes was because they were glossy. But the most unnerving part of this creature was the very large, almost face-splitting smile that spread across its face. Its teeth were huge and fang-like. Ice-cold fear coursed through me and I quickly flipped over, pulling my protective shield of a blanket over me, hugged my stuffed cat that I had lovingly named Mama Cat tightly and squeezed my eyes tightly shut. I guess I must have fallen asleep from the exhaustion of panic because the next thing I knew I woke up the next morning. I have no idea what it was. I didn't necessarily feel threatened by it, but I was a kid and sharp-toothed smiles from a very large black being are terrifying. I've been told it was probably a demon, because not all of them are evil apparently, and the apartment we were living in was part of a large complex where the poorer people really down on their luck lived, so I wouldn't be surprised. To jump forward to when I was 15 was probably my scariest story, but it isn't fully mine, so I won't end with it. I had a friend who suddenly started coming to school exhausted. She wasn't taking the best care of herself. She was depressed like some kind of storm cloud hung over her. This wasn't like her at all. She was always so full of sass and was fun and kind of flirty. On top of that, my supernatural spidey senses were going mad. One day I decided to ask her what was up. She gave me the usual, I'm fine, I'm okay, it's nothing. I checked on her every day and the feelings around her kept getting worse. We sat in class one day and I noticed she seemed to be frightened of something and she kept looking towards the door that led out to the hallway. Looking over for a split second I saw a man staring into the classroom from the window in the door. The man looked like he walked straight off of Davy Jones's ship from the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. He was dripping wet, his skin looked purple and green and like he had started to bloat from decomposition. His dark hair clung to his face and head like large strands of seaweed. I blinked and he was gone. After our teacher finished their lecture and let us break to work, I turned to her and told her that I saw him. She tried to brush me off at first but I described what he looked like and she broke. She told me a couple of weeks ago she started having nightmares of him. Then he started to show up in her closet at night. She usually kept it shut but it would open on its own. He had started to appear at the end of her bed a couple of days before and now she was starting to see him while she was awake. I told her that she needed to tell him to leave her alone, assert dominance because by being afraid she was only letting it get closer. I was pretty sure whatever it was was trying to possess her. 
I swear to you that when we left the classroom, there were wet footprints walking down the hallway from the door of the classroom. I know it sounds incredibly movie cliche, but my dad has a cousin who was similarly sensitive to things like I was. She'd given me a coin of silver that had been blessed with holy water as protection. I felt like I didn't need it anymore, so the next day I brought it to school and gave it to her. The day after, she came to school acting a little more like herself. She said she had told him to leave her alone and she had actually gotten a full night's sleep. After the weekend, we came back to school and she was worse. She was so drained. She was pale and I could have sworn her hair was starting to stick to her head like seaweed, just like the man's. During class, she told me to meet her at lunch and said nothing more. We met up in the locker room that was inside the band room. No one was allowed in there during lunch, but the teachers never locked the band room and never stuck around, so sometimes the music kids would stow away there. The locker room was a long, like hallway with huge lockers for large instruments on one wall and some smaller lockers for small instruments on the other. It was me, my friend, and another one of her friends. We sat with our backs against the small lockers because the lower lockers weren't used, so there were no padlocks to dig into our backs. Plus, our friend didn't seem to have the energy to even stand. She didn't say anything. She just rolled up her sleeves to show bruises on her forearms right before her elbow. We knew immediately it had started to touch her. I was furious out of protective instinct for my friend. The other friend was concerned and tried to comfort her. I started to notice the padlocks on the far end of the large lockers start to swing gently. I didn't think anything of it at first because we live in Southern California and we have tiny tremor earthquakes all the time. But as we continued to talk, the lock started swaying in a pattern like some kind of force field was moving towards us and making only the padlocks around the present shake. Again, I just tried to wave it off, like it was just my imagination running wild because we were already talking about supernatural stuff. But then the lights flickered for a split second and my friend screeched that he was there. She tried to run but the friend and I stopped her. As much as we hated her being scared, we knew she needed to stand her ground or risk losing to him. The locks directly in front of us on the large locker started to shake violently. I don't know what came over me but I stood up between my friend and the force and I yelled at it. I told him he needed to leave her alone, that she wasn't afraid of him. The other friend started doing the same thing while holding tightly onto our friend. At this point... The locks along the entire wall of the large locker wall were shaking and rattling violently and I could swear that a gust was starting to pick up around us. I'd started to lose my nerve against such an extreme force. Luckily my friend found hers. She pulled herself up, using me as support, and yelled at it that she wasn't afraid of him and he needed to leave her alone. It all just stopped then. The lights flickered a little, the locks swayed around us just slightly to show us that they had been swaying before but the negative air that had been hanging around my friend for weeks felt completely gone. She didn't come to school for a week after that, but when she came back, she was basically back to normal, if not a little melancholy. She gave my blessed coin back, insisting that she didn't need it anymore. She had also convinced her mom to let her cleanse her room. Unfortunately, after that, we sort of drifted apart. I think it was because it was such an unreal, out-of-the-movies experience, we had to stop being friends in order to come back to reality. She never fully recovered. She stayed pretty melancholy from that day on, but she's living a wonderful life now, as far as I know, minus any spooks. Now on to my last story. 
it's the longest and it's all about me. Going back in time a little, I was probably around 12 or 13 at the time. We lived in a nice trader park and life was good. Except for being a teenager and having identity issues because not having a father is hard and kids are mean. The events started as feelings. Rage mostly and I just thought that was all me and my teenage self. But the feeling started to transform into audible yelling. It was a male's voice but I could never quite make out what he was actually saying like he was screaming angrily through glass. Then one afternoon, one of the only times I was home alone by some miracle because we had so many people living with us, I walked out of my room towards the kitchen to get a snack. When I finished grabbing whatever snack from the pantry, I turned and froze in terror. There by the fireplace was a very tall man. He wore overalls and was just dirty like he'd been tending a field all day. He was glaring me down and he was breathing so heavily and angrily. His shoulders were heaving up and down, his teeth were clenched and his lips open like a growling dog. The only thing that kept me from rushing to grab the phone to call the cops or my parents was that I could see through him. After a long time of staring each other down, I raced to my bedroom and slammed the door closed behind me. I could hear the behind glass screaming from behind the door, though it seemed to stay by the direction of the fireplace. I only ever saw him when I was alone in the house and like I said that wasn't very often and when I was alone I would try and stay in my room after that so that I wouldn't see him again though I would still hear him yelling from time to time. The second spirit I saw in the house was not nearly as terrifying. My step-grandma had moved in with us and she was knocked out snoring away in her recliner. Again this was after school Could have even been a weekend, I don't remember, but my parents were out of the house with my brothers. It had only begun to get dark, so the lights were off in the house. I left my room once again in search of a snack and I noticed a strange, soft, orange glow coming from around the partition that acted as a hallway from my room out into the rest of the house. I rounded the corner, only to glimpse a lady walking away from me in a long, fiery red, gone-with-the-wind type dress. She seemed to glide gracefully over the floor and disappeared around the corner into our living room. Her glow followed her and the feeling was so warm and calming that I had to follow her. But of course she had disappeared. I was sort of disappointed that I never saw her again. Now for the real big part of the story and the most terrifying. My best friend had started to talk about her friendly neighbourhood young Mr Burns little girl that she had started seeing at her house. Since I was young and curious, I asked my mom if I could spend the night at my friend's house. If she had known I was going to try and see ghosts, she probably would have refused. That night, my friend and I stayed up trying to see this little girl. At some point, I started to sense this girl's presence, but we never saw her. My friend told me that she must be feeling shy because she didn't know me. So we talked to her until we went to sleep. The little girl seemed to have taken a liking to me because she followed me home. At first it was little things like things going missing. I brushed that off pretty easy as me being forgetful. Until I started to basically lose things right in front of my face. That's when I started to hear the little girl giggling. I got used to it pretty quick. I sort of took a liking to her. Perhaps because I was the oldest of all of my siblings and the oldest of the grandkids. And all the others were boys, so it was like having a little sister. She would give me back things if I asked, but I would never see her, I would just sense her. 
I started calling her Mary. I started to notice that the angry man in the overalls was getting angrier and louder until one day he just kind of stopped. Then I started to see a little silhouette of Mary in my bedroom and my closet. I think I saw her fully one time. She was a little girl in a bright yellow dress holding a teddy. She had bright blue eyes and Shirley Temple curls. She started to disappear shortly after I saw her. That was the time when I started to get really moody. I mostly choked up to puberty. And this was when my step-cousin gave me the blessed silver coin. She had sensed the man in overall so she gave me the coin. I also found myself having sleeping issues if I didn't have the coin or a bible under my pillow. I chalked that up to me just being paranoid because I was still getting over my fear of the dark. My moodiness just kept getting worse. Then I started hearing the little girl giggles again after what seemed like months. But this time they felt different. Like they were malicious. I started feeling drained and tired all of the time. I felt like I was in a haze for a week. One night I decided to take a shower and while I was there the lights went out for a good five minutes. I waited for them to come back but they didn't. When I went to exit the bathroom they were back on and everything seemed normal. I went and asked if the power had gone out. Everyone looked at me like I was crazy and said no. I had a bad feeling so I decided not to take a shower that night. A little while after on another night I decided to shower I went into the bathroom And while I was looking into the mirror, the lights flickered and Mary was right next to me and she smiled. The lights went out like they did before and Mary had changed. This time she looked like me. She still had a smile on her face but it looked unnaturally wide and her eyes kind of glowed orange. I screamed and the lights went on. Of course my mom came to check on me but I lied poorly and just said I'd cut myself while shaving my legs. I quickly showered and got out of that bathroom. I found it so hard to sleep that night, so I stayed up late. Late enough that everyone was in bed, and I felt the presence of Mary in my closet. I knew from my step-cousin that I needed to stand my ground and not show fear, so I told it with more strength than I thought I had to go away. It was no longer welcome here, and I was not afraid of it. I never saw whatever it was again. Now, you think I'm crazy, right? I had figured it was just my teenage brain being crazy because of puberty, maybe psychosis because nobody else had experienced anything. Jump ahead to when I was 17. I told my future husband to be this story. This was before we started dating, but we were into each other. Unfortunately, he was with someone else at the time. Well, my rival in love, who had lovingly nicknamed me the Fat Whore Cow, lived in the same trailer park my family had since moved out of. One day while he was over at her house and they were just watching movies, she stood up randomly and just started yelling at the doorway at seemingly nothing, freaking him out. She apparently screamed at the entry that he was a nice guy and whatever it was needed to leave them alone. My to-be husband, ever a patient and understanding guy, nervously asked what that was about. And to his shock and horror, she told him, It's the farmer guy in the overalls. He is so angry and just yells all the time. She then starts to tell him about a little girl ghost that was there that was really cute. Remembering my story, he quickly made up an excuse and left. He tried to make excuses to never go over to her place ever again after that. As I got older, I lost the sight, but it is more of a feeling of a presence now. 
I haven't encountered anything extreme like that again either. If I concentrate really hard, I can see auras of things and people, but not much else. Once when I was 18 and overwhelmed with missing my late father, I could have sworn I felt him hug me. In the trailer my husband-to-be and I live in now, in a different trailer park, we swear really late at night we both feel something enter the house from the carport side door, go through the kitchen and the living room into one of the rooms across the trailer from our bedroom, but there's no noise or footsteps, just a feeling that something is moving around. We call it our hobo. I still get heavy feelings of dread before bad things happen, like a couple of weeks before my grandpa passed suddenly and again when my husband's family dog was getting ready to cross the rainbow bridge. But I never know what will happen. I still have trouble looking into the bathroom mirror sometimes, but I'm proud to say that things are now possession free, and as far as I can tell, with nothing malicious around. So let's start with the giant smiling creature in the doorway. I'm pretty sure that's like an entity, right, that people see regularly? Like, I'm nearly sure that I've read stories about, like, a smiling man that is sort of like a hat man type entity, but, like, a black big figure with a massive smile on its face. Look, either way, it's terrifying. And how big would it need to be to, like, hold onto the door and lean down to look into the room? Like, at least, at least seven foot tall, right? And really, what is going on with these entities who just spend their time watching children sleep in? It's not cool. It's not good vibes. Equally not cool is a drowned man following you around all the time. Sounds like you know that bit in the film It Follows. If you haven't seen It Follows, this is going to not be a very good point of reference. But there's a bit in It Follows where the kids are in school and out the window they see the entity like walking really slowly across the campus. That's what that feels like to me. Vanessa, I definitely feel like you should write all this down um, long form and send it to somebody at Bloomhouse and be like can you please um, turn this into a movie for me thanks and give me loads of money thanks very much and finally both the little girl and the man screaming angrily like I don't really know which is worse at least with the man screaming angrily he seemed to be sort of limited to one particular place and could only scream a muffled scream at you right and I know that's obviously not a very nice thing to experience but at least you kind of knew if I stay in my room I'm going to be okay but that freaky little girl no 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 she seemed to be moving around doing whatever the heck she wanted to do she's the real villain in the piece okay she might look cute with her little teddy bear but she is the real villain in this piece Vanessa, thank you so much for sending in your stories. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. You can find out everything you need to know about the podcast on reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. If you are desperate for extra content, then you can sign up to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash reallifeghoststories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, including every main and mini episode completely ad free. Don't forget if you feel so inclined to sling Real Life Ghost Stories a vote in the Irish Podcast Awards Listener's Choice Award. The link to do so is in the description of this episode. And on that note, I shall see you next time.